You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. on Friday morning and then fly and then have a full day at Disney and now I had to do the damn game the night before at Northern Nash, which means, you know, I'm not going to get home until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Oh, wait. So so you leave Friday, you leave Saturday morning at 3 a.m.? No, I'll leave Friday morning at 3 a.m. Oh, wait. Okay. I was confused. I was confused. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you're doing the game Thursday night, flying yeah. out, leaving Friday morning. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... I'm already not looking forward to that. Oh boy. Yeah, it's gonna kind of suck. But I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, it's not like I blame Tony for anything. I mean, oh no, of course you know, not. One of those. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like one of those. Damn it, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like it, it has to be done, and I don't have an excuse. You know, I'm in town, so I don't quote have an excuse not to. Right. Do it. Oh god. Oh my god. So instead, I just get to suck. I, I didn't even think it was supposed to rain Friday, is it? I don't know. I haven't seen where it's supposed oh, to rain. Oh, yeah, already. it does kind of look. Uh, rain in the morning, evening, precipitation chance 71%. So. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Friday is about the. Well, hell, mine says 30% chance of rain on Friday. Yeah, mine even says 40% chance on Thursday, too. But that's. It seems like it's coming in like at around. It seems like it's not coming in until like eleven, so you should be out of northern at least. Yeah, so that's going to be fun, and that's really going to make it really fun Fridays. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just all the red bulls. Hey, what the hell? It's the life I lead. <laughs> yes, this is what happens when you leave. lead an international mystery life. Seriously. Seriously, who am I going to play? Because if I can't do it, no one. That's actually true, and that's that's why you're here doing the Foreign Affair podcast. Yes, I am. That's true. He is. Welcome, everyone, yes, to episode two two five of the AFA Pod. I am Edward Green, joined by my colleague in crime, Wes Bradshaw, and we have an excellent episode for you today, week three of the Premier League is done and dusted, and we are going to be recapping the games with a new segment this week that I like to call, What Are You Buying? What Are You Selling? Oh, Resident Evil 4 Merchant, dude, you're too creepy. So we'll have that. Uh, We'll also talk very sparingly about the League Cup, and no, I still will not call it by its sponsor name because fuck it. Uh, we'll talk about the results in there before the final few Premier League teams join in the next round. Um, maybe we'll talk Champions League, mention it very briefly since the draw is tomorrow once we record this. Um, and then um, we'll do the Watch 4 and, and we'll be uh, news and notes, of course, too, with uh, not, not too much news and notes to get through this week. Uh, just a little bit. 
Um, so with that, we'll get started. Of course, as always, the AFA pod is presented by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, thankfully for some of these teams, uh, the matches did stop, though, this week. One of those would be Huddersfield versus Cardiff, which ended nil-nil. And that's that. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Leicester with a comeback win against Southampton. Uh, Harry Maguire with a goal, a great goal in the 92nd minute. You can see why Manchester United really wanted him. Um, maybe the most notable moment of that match was uh, Pierre-Emile Huyberg getting a second yellow uh, that got him sent off for what I would say is one of the worst cases of simulation I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we've we've seen the kings of La Liga dive on a consistent basis, but man, this would this one put all of theirs to shame. This was, whew, this was bad. This was really bad. So deserved loss for Southampton in that. Um, I told you guys last week that uh, every time Bournemouth and Everton play, it's always really spicy. Well, the uh, this was cherry spice this week. Uh, Everton struck twice in 10 minutes in the second half thanks to Theo Walcott and Michael Keane uh, scoring goals just before and after the hour mark. But then in a span of just a few minutes, Josh King hit a penalty and uncovered Nathan Aki. This is literally all he does. He's a defenseman who just scores goals. Uh, Level it up just four minutes later to get Bournemouth a vital point against the Toffees. Um, We move to Sunday where Watford continues its hot start with a 2-1 win over Crystal Palace. Uh, Pereira and Holobos with goals in that one. Zaha, who was... Oh, hurt a little bit during that match. Um, also picking up a goal in the 70th minute for Palace. Uh, and then finally, uh, Fulham 4, Burnley 2. That's the Fulham we expected to see. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, which with a two-minute brace, super quick there to turn the game on its head from 1-1 to 3-1. And then uh, Andre Schurl, yeah, he is still alive. He had the finishing touches in the 83rd minute. Burnley in a little bit of trouble but don't worry, they might be out of Europa soon enough. Um, all right, so Wes, let's get into these uh, these matches we're going to discuss here and play a little what are you buying, what are you selling. Uh, we'll start at the 7.30 game on Saturday morning that kicked off the weekend. Their best result in the Premier League so far, by far, for Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton won, Manchester City won. Uh, a goal in the 57th minute of this cage affair from Willie Bully, which maybe shouldn't have counted because he was kind of offside and also kind of touched it with his hand as it went into the goal. Doesn't matter. One nil up. Go the Wolves. Nick Petrovich going nuts. Uh, and then uh, 12 minutes later, though, he had to bring his nuts down just a little bit. Yes, we're not doing phrasing still. America Laporte with an equalizer in the 69th minute for City, as also the citizens were denied a penalty laid on from Sergio Aguero. So, Wes, this is what I'm asking you to do. You go, what are you buying? What are you selling? I'm going to give you two options. You buy one, you sell one. Option one, Man City, maybe just a little bit unlucky. Calls sort of went uh, against them in this one. Not that the referee had great views on any of them, and they were very tough calls, but... They did go against them, still without Kevin De Bruyne. Wolverhampton with a big win, uh, big draw at home. And, you know, the luck they had last year kind of ran out a little bit this year. 
or option two, City, this is the first chink in their armor, and uh, they are on pace to not have, obviously, as good a season as they did last year. Hey, I don't think anyone could have as good a season as City it's had true. last year. City It'd be very included. hard. Um, I'm, I'm more apt to actually buy Wolves here. Okay. And, and, you know, we talked about preseason. I think we were both fans of the Wolves project oh, yeah. and what they have been able to accomplish thus far and felt that able to come in and, you know, be in the mix mm-hmm. to do some things in the league this season. Um, uh, and it's impressive that they come out and get, I believe, their first points mm-hmm. of the season and do it against the defending champions and do it against Man City. Uh, so um, I'm more apt to buy Wolves here than to, you know, think this is really a chink in the armor of Man City. Okay. Um, I do sort of think, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the decisions clearly didn't go the city's way. I mean, again, the bully goal, it's so tough. And and Mark Clattenburg talked about it, you know, how, when he was on the NBC sports desk after the game, you know, he, he did say that, you know, it was the wrong call, but also at the end of the day, it was in such a weird position that, there was almost no way the officials could see it. And what's more, I had to look at it in slow motion just to first see the handball. And then even the first five times I watched the slow-mo replay, I didn't even notice that the ball had actually come off another player, which then played boldly offside. Like, that's how close it was. And, And that's one of those things where it's just like, man... That's that's really tough, and that's that's just kind of what I'm saying. You know, we we saw City win games like this last year. I remember early on, Raheem Sterling had a couple late winners. You know that that City were able to find that propelled them to the hundred points of last year, and it it just doesn't seem like maybe you know obviously one match, so obviously small sample size in play here, but but it does seem that City were just were just maybe a little unlucky on the day, but. I do want to say, you know, they've already lost to Bruyne. They've had this match in this kind of Premier League with the couple other teams we'll get to here down the line. As close as it might be, you kind of need all the luck you can get. Well, exactly. The thing was, these are matches that last year City was finding a way to win every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, City just, they didn't drop points last season. Yeah. And once again, yeah, we're three matches in. You can't yeah. go. Uh, you can't say, you know, "God, the sky's falling." Uh, but at the same time, in a Premier League race that does seem like it's going to be much closer this season, um, if you can avoid dropping points, it's obviously just going to give you a leg up. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now you've got, and obviously we'll talk more about Liverpool, but you've got Liverpool who have taken maximum points. You've got Tottenham who have taken maximum points and Chelsea who have taken maximum points. And it's just there. there's three of your direct rivals already ahead of you and you're three matches in. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, all that, all that can change, will change most likely. Uh, but still, it's... 
it fe- it's got to feel good as Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, and I guess Watford is the other one. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's got to feel good Classic to before. early on have taken your maximum points mm-hmm. and not feel like you've given anything away yet. Where City, on the other hand, have given a little something away so far. Yeah, and, and I will, will also say again, to the early season point, last year en route to uh, securing 100 points in the title, uh, I think it was either the third or fourth match of the year, they drew to Everton at home. So this isn't exactly a portend of what's to come, but already, again, calls not going their way, and again, something else that really went their way last year was the injuries, which they didn't have a whole lot of. And already losing De Bruyne is is going to be felt. They have replacements, but none of the replacements are Kevin De Bruyne. So, not not the ship is as you said definitely not sinking for City yet. Don't worry. But there there's already a little bit of a difference between last year's start and this year's start. So we have noticed that. Um, obviously, a different start to the season for Arsenal this year. Uh, they finally get their first win. Under Unai Emery, a 3-1 thrashing, sure, uh, over West Ham. Uh, West Ham actually picked up the opening goal at the Emirates thanks to Marco Arnautovic, who has easily been the best West Ham player so far this year. Uh, But just five minutes after he scored, uh, Nacho Monreal leveled things up for the home side. And then uh, it just kind of got worse from there for West Ham as Arsenal kept pushing forward. Uh, Issa Diop, who first had a terrible clearance from uh, almost his own end line uh, to putting it in the back of his own net to give Arsenal the eventual winner. Uh, Danny Wilbecks, because they're Wilbs team now, uh, added a third goal in the 92nd minute. Um, so as, uh, as far as what you buying, what you selling? Arsenal, oh, now now things are starting to roll. They, they got, they've already passed City and Chelsea that those games are over with, and now... Now they can start firing in all cylinders. Is is that the better point? Or, man, this uh, this West Ham experiment, I don't know about this anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm not ready to sell West Ham yet. Okay. I'm still bullish on West Ham. Um, I, still, I think they've got the right manager. They, they brought in quality players. It's just getting everything together. And using one of my favorite phrase, phrases, yeah, they got a blood everywhere. I knew you were going to say that, damn it. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's usually what I go to when I start feeling nervous about yes. shit. <laughs> you know, you got a blood everyone in. Um, no, no, listen, I do think Pellegrini, they've got the right, they've got a good manager. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, you can have a little blood in process, but you've got to get some things to happen. And unfortunately for West Ham, we've talked about it. Their schedule is so front loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, once they get to December, they can reel off some wins in December. Yeah. But the thing is, they've got, got to not be dead last come December. Um, let's break out another one of our favorite phrases. You can't win the Premier League in August, but you sure can lose it. Yeah. Um, and the same goes with relegation is you can't get relegated in August, but you can sure make things tougher on yourself down mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just something to keep an eye on West Ham. 
Uh, with Arsenal, I think it was it was a great win for Arsenal. It was one they definitely needed. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, to get Unai Emery kind of off the schneid mm-hmm. and just get him, uh, you know, at least just get him where he's he's got win number one under his belt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from here on out, it, you know, it, it should should get a little easier for Arsenal. Um, I don't think that we've seen the real Arsenal yet. And, and I mean that in the fact that I don't think they're quite as bad as City and Chelsea made them look. Mm-hmm. They're most likely not going to be nearly as good week in and week out as they looked against West Ham. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So it's going to be finding that balance for Arsenal. Um, defensively, oh, there's still issues back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are still issues. How long are they going to stick with better check? Um, you know, where are we going to go with Mezzanozel being mm-hmm. your best player? I'll also say yeah. um, there's there's been a lot. There's been a bit of a love fest in these first three matches with uh, Matteo Guendouzi uh, coming in, the the teenager coming in from France. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's pump the brakes on him just a little bit. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of talk on him and like how how great he is and how how hard he takes it and it, it's funny because I was as I was reading these articles, it's it's something we always wanted from Arsenal is we wanted somebody who cared kind of like Alexis Sanchez did uh, a little bit, um, I, and that's why I hate to say this. I think he cares a little too much. Uh, I think somebody pointed out after the Chelsea match, he reacted like they had just lost the World Cup. Um, and, and just, again, I was a baseball player. I didn't play soccer, um, as you know, just like football. Um, but you know, something that I was taught in baseball is you can't treat every game like it's game seven of the world series or else you'll go crazy and lose it. Same thing, even in soccer, even though it's, you, you have longer breaks than baseball, you can't treat every game like it's the final of the world cup. If you're going to do that, especially on our Arsenal team, that's going to take its lumps. Y- you have to be able to rein it in just a little bit. Caring's great. And it's great that finally somebody's showing it from Arsenal. But there's there's a balancing act you need to walk. So that would be my advice uh, to the youngster. Well, the, the thing with Gwendozi, I mean, he's he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to be 20 until April. This is a, He's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming from a Ligue 2. Mm. squad wonderful um and he's getting this is his big move you know this is his first big move his career his first big club and he's coming in and Unai Emery is trusting him to play so you know for the for the youngster I'm gonna give Gondozi I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a pass just on the fact that you know he's young and he's ultra excited Mm -hmm. and you know he's just he he's excited and, and willing to kill himself and ready to go play as he matures as a player. Um, he'll, he'll do better. He'll so. learn. I think he should learn how to carry himself at a big club. Um, you know, he should learn when to go and when to kind of sit back a little bit. I mean, right now it's youthful exuberance and it's a kid who's come in and, the fans have taken to him. 
which is great because you know there there obviously has been a history at Arsenal of them kind of eating their young at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you know I'd give the kid a little bit of a break there. I think he'll he'll learn going forward. Um, you know, he'll he'll learn how to better control emotions and mm-hmm. how to play. But for Arsenal, you know, for, to me, for a club that has been in such turmoil for a long time now and has been kind of devoid of any true passion, hey, the kid's got it. You know, he's got to look to be one of those cult heroes, mm-hmm. you know, with the crazy hair and the mustache. I mean, he's just kind of got that look that, you know, he's going to be noticed. And, you know, I think it's better to be noticed for caring too much and playing too hard sometimes than for Mesut Ozil. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say just real quick, because he also, I think, I think it was in the West Ham match. Um, he made a pass. He made a, it was a great pass. Um, from I think just before the midfield line to about the bo- the eighteen yard box to try and pick out it, it might have been Ramsey or Ozil uh, and and he didn't quite connect on it or or they they he connected with it but they weren't able to get a shot off and he did like the pit, pound the ground with the fist drop to the knee thing and I'm like uh-huh. we would rip Ronaldo for that like we would if viscerate him for showing up a teammate like that and so that that's so, and, and i get and i get it he, he's super young and that's why i hope some of the older guys on the team although not messing ozil um kind of aren't able to to rein him in just a little bit again this can be infectious and can be a good thing he just right. just gotta rein it you can't show up your teammates especially when you're a 19 year old in your third premier league match so just just right. that's all i'm asking just rein it in a little bit not a not a whole lot just a little, bit. and and let me let me throw one thing. And comparing it to Ronaldo, run the thing is, we all know that for about ninety nine times out of a hundred, if Ronaldo did that, mm-hmm. it would be so he could be on the camera. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he'd be doing he'd be doing it to be on camera. That's a fair point. Um, you know, Gundozi. At least I give it to him. You know, he does. He has that youthful exuberance, and I think he's just excited and passionate and is getting his big chance. So, you know, this is a kid who feels he's not going to be taken out of this team. He's not going to lose his spot or he's not going to get dropped because it's perceived that he's not playing hard and doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Sure. I agree with that. Which I can say about many, many Arsenal players over the last five years. Yeah. You're not. That's like the fourth time we've nailed him in this one bit. It's just, it's, it's what it is. It is. Um, so, yeah, uh, big win, though, for Arsenal, uh, again, to pick up their first win uh, under Unai Emery. Also, quick correction from back in the last match, that was Wolves' second point of the season, but obviously by far their biggest point so far against the defending champions. Um, speaking uh, – no, that's not going to work. Um, speaking of champions in waiting, question mark, uh, Liverpool pull out a 1-0 win over giant killers Brighton and Hove. At Anfield, uh, Mo Salah picks up his second goal of the season for Liverpool uh, as they get a tidy 1-0 win. And uh, Wes, when I'm asking, what are you buying? What are you selling? Option one is Liverpool is going to win their Premier League on the backs of performances from Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, and Sadio Mane. Option B, 
is Liverpool is going to win the Premier League title on the back of their defense. What are you buying? What are you selling? I'm telling you, I'm not selling either of those, but I am buying the fact that you win the Premier League. You win the league based on what you can do defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we know Liverpool can score goals. Liverpool will score goals. That's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. Um, you know, you could, there are people, oh, they only scored three the last two weeks. Oh, shut up. Don't even start that shit. Um, it, it's kind of like uh, I heard someone say, maybe it was on infield rap. They said, uh, you know, teams that the teams coming up on Liverpool's schedule, you know, are those defenders kind of looking at each other like, well, you know, Liverpool aren't firing on all cylinders. Or they look at each other saying, oh, shit, I hope it doesn't click against us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we give up five. Um, I think Liverpool are going to score goals. That's no problem. That's never been the problem, especially under Jurgen Klopp. Has there been a problem scoring goals? It's been the problem has been at the back. And if you take a look at Liverpool's defense when Klopp showed up, as compared to it right now, I mean, it's it's pretty much totally been flipped. Uh, right now, Van Dyke and Joe Gomez. Um, now this is through three matches. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not I'm not calling them what I'm about to say, but through three matches, they've been the best center back duo in the Premier League. Um, not saying they are, but they have been for the first three matches. Uh, Allison Becker, who is has just given Liverpool so much stability at the back. And a lot of that, I mean, we haven't seen him have to do too much yet, but I think a lot of it's just belief. And the fact that Liverpool fans are now just holding their breath, waiting for Loris Karius to shit something (laughs) or, or waiting for Mignolet to weak wrist the shot and watch it go in. Um, Now that said, Becker already kind of has his little Brazilian quirks. (laughs) Did you see how he um he uh, he chipped? Yeah, I believe, it wasn't was it Glenn Murray? He chipped. I don't think it was Glenn Murray. It was whoever else brightened out there, but he chipped him. Yeah, and, and you know we're all sitting here like, holy shit, he chipped him. If Carius had done that, I think at least three people would have died at Anfield <laughs> that day. I think it would have been like sudden cardiac arrest. <laughs> um, but with Becker, you know, Klopp is able to come out and say, well, you know. I've never had a Brazilian keeper before, so I guess I've got something to look forward to. <laughs> um, but then you look at the fullbacks and Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And, I mean, this is a Liverpool squad that they've got, they finally got steel at the back. And then you look at the way Vinaldum started the season. You know, you've got Jordan Henderson. you still got Fabinho mm-hmm. to come. Liverpool have a lot more steel in that spine and at the back. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, I think that's going to be the difference in them making a run at the Premier League title. Because once again, we know they're going to score goals. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus, now, you know, if you don't so much have to, you know, we always worried about 3 3. I never worried about nil nil. I always worried about 3 3. <laughs> But now I feel a two-goal lead or a three-goal lead at Liverpool, man, we're, we're good. We've got this. It's locked up because we're good at the back, because we're not shitting the bed mm-hmm. at the back. Now that said, um, West Ham, uh, Brian Hove, Albion, Crystal Palace, 
not top of the table teams here. You look at some of the other top teams up at the top with us, you know, Chelsea and Tottenham obviously being the, the big two also on nine points. I mean, Chelsea have beaten Arsenal, Tottenham have obviously beaten United. So they've got a little more impressive resume. Liverpool's best look on their resume right now is they lead in goal differential and they have, they're they the only team yet to give up a goal in, in well, in any play this year. I was going to say open play, but I'll play. So that's what they've got going for them right now, and the defense is looking solid. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, it almost looks like we might have gotten him at a deal. <laughs> um, and you know what? If we go win the Premier League or win the Champions League, and Virgil van Dijk is, continues to do what he's done, Guys worth every penny, and it was a deal. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it was kind of amazing. You know, you talked about how great that defense is, and I agree with you. Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dyke has been an excellent center back partnership. And, and I think the most amazing thing about that is they've been doing it without one of the best center backs in the world in Dejan Lovren. I mean, that's insane to that, that that partnership is doing so well without him back there being one of the best center backs in the world in Dejan Lovren. A Champions League a Champions League finalist and a World Cup finalist in a matter of a few months, Ed. Dejan. You scoff. I do. You scoff. Because it's funny. Well, and it's funny because um, Lovren, Lovren's Lovren, and we understand that <laughs> Lovren's set. Lovren's one of those dudes. He says shit. That said, I will give him a little defense. Once again, since Van Dyke came over, but Lovren's game really improved. Yeah. And a lot of it was because, you know, suddenly he could go do the shit he likes to do because Van Dyke is back there to back him up. Yeah. And, and I will say this for Liverpool defensively, you know, if you get the Lovren that you saw in the second half of last season and you saw at the World Cup, if you get him and have Joe Gomez back there, man, I, I'm – I'm really feeling good about our back and about some of our depth all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not damn bad. <laughs> you know, Lovren, Lovren is always gonna Lovren's always gonna get that rap because he does have that boneheaded move in him. But you know, if he can stay away from it, man, Lovren, he's he's physically talented enough to be, as he has dubbed himself one of the best center backs in the world. Sure. He had physical talent. It's always come down to, you know, can he just not shit on himself when the time <laughs> is there, <laughs> or when he or when he goes to Wembley? That's very true, and he, he might have. He's going to have to in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Um, so let's head to our next match. Uh, you mentioned one of the other teams uh, at the top of the table, along with Liverpool's Chelsea. They had a. Interesting match against Newcastle, uh, who are themselves having to deal with their own share of, of pain and suffering early on in the season. Uh, Chelsea do squeak out with a 2-1 victory at St. James Park. Uh, Ed Nazard, with a penalty in the 76th minute, uh, was quickly nullified by a Joselu goal set up by American DeAndre Edlin, who, uh, who may have thrown a, a forearm shiver football style, American football style, into Olivier Giroud's face in the process. Uh, but that set up a grandstand finish at St. James. Uh, and then four minutes later, Yedlin turned from savior to goat as he turned one into his own net to give Chelsea 
the victory. So it's been a very interesting season for Yedlin so far. Of course, first match against Tottenham uh, came off uh, the near the end injured and what looked like a horrific injury. Now he gets an assist and an own goal against Chelsea. And again, the forearm into Olivier Giroud's face, which... I don't condone. Yeah, that's but. an American. That's it. That's the American hat trick. Mm-hmm. That is mm. an assist and own goal in the forearm to the face. That's an, Ameri- that's an American hat trick. Mm-hmm. We'll speak. We'll speak about him later. I don't know how many times Clint Dempsey did that. That's mm. Yedlin's much better player than that. Um, so Wes, as, as far as what you buying, what you selling, uh, Chelsea option one. Hey, nine points through nine matches. You know, they, they had to get through Arsenal to do it. And, and two of their matches have been on the road. You know, hey, great start to the season. Or, you know, they were they were kind of leaky against Arsenal. They didn't look that great against Newcastle, really. And their other win was Huddersfield, who might be the worst team in the league. I don't have a lot of faith in Chelsea right now as far as being... Top, top, top. You're talking about strength of schedule. I don't know if it's totally there for Chelsea right now with how convincing they've been. But which which are you taking? What are you buying? What are you selling? I'm not convinced with Chelsea yet. Okay. Uh, great start to the season. And sure. that could. I mean, now I say I'm not convinced. That doesn't mean I don't think they can't finish in the top four. Sure. Yeah. I don't think they're a legitimate title contender. I think what you're seeing right now is the very genesis of what Sari wants to do with this Chelsea squad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're taking a Chelsea squad who's played a certain way, and a lot of these are the same players. Mm-hmm. And you're basically trying to turn them into Manchester City, mm-hmm. which is that's kind of how Sari plays, is more the Man City Barcelona way. Barcelona. Okay. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. Uh, I do think their schedule's been very favorable thus far. I think they caught Arsenal in a perfect moment where Arsenal's still very new, and they're trying to figure their things out. Um, I've seen enough from Chelsea. Once again, I think they can make a run at the top four. I don't think, um, I don't think their run at the top of the table is going to last. Um, but it is a it's a very positive start for Chelsea. You know, when you have a new manager in, mm-hmm. especially when you replace someone who's done something like win you the league, it, you 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 want him to start quickly. At least it takes a lot of pressure off. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look, Unai Emery has a whole lot more pressure on him right now than sorry oh, yeah. due to their starts. So. You know that's that's a big thing, and that's a good, it's a good thing for Chelsea to get off to this start. But I sell Chelsea as title contenders right now. Um, I'd also say it's funny you mentioned Pep in this, um, and, and because of the style of play, Pep's first season at City didn't go great, like by by Pep Guardiola standards. I think they finished third in the league, uh, didn't do a whole lot in the Champions League. I want to say. And it was it, it was an okay season. I think they won the league. I think they beat Liverpool in the League Cup final, but that was kind of it. I think that was. It. I don't remember. Anyway, um, and and so it does take a while to instill that. That does sound right, actually. It does. So it takes a while, and and especially for sorry. And again, it's so weird because it doesn't seem like this was the case, but it was. Sorry didn't come in until like 
training was already underway. And like the, the window was about to close. He didn't have a lot of time to bring in a ton of guys except uh, Jorginho, who he coached in Napoli, to come and fit his system. So I, I, and, and, then he, and then I think he was fortunate to bring in uh, uh, Kovacic yes. on loan. Very, very fortunate because that that's a good player. That's a really good player who walked into his team kind of mm-hmm. just out of the blue. And and, and so with, with that taking place, it, it could be a little bit of a struggle this year to implement exactly the kind of football he wants to play. And I, and I think that's also why I would agree with you that maybe Chelsea – are, are going to struggle this year and, and probably won't be title contenders. That doesn't mean they can't have a good season. That doesn't mean they can't finish top four while they do it. But at, we probably won't see the finished sorry product until super late this year going into next season, really. Right. So. They still might need another transfer window to really make it happen. Sure. And just when you, especially looking at Arsenal and Chelsea, Mm-hmm. When you look at the teams that we've predicted to be the top three, one thing is all those guys are on at least year three of their manager. Mm-hmm. Um, those teams have been built to the manager specifications. They have a very established playing style. And that's just what Chelsea that that's kind of what Chelsea's missing at the moment. Sure. It's just that continuity and you know, Klopp, Potch, and Pep they look at their bench and they know exactly what they've got because it's who they want. Mm-hmm. Where Sari's looking at his bench like, eh, eh, okay, I've got <laughs> you. Uh, I'll see if you can do this one. Come on in, Danny. Come do a job. Have, have a drink of water first. <laughs> okay, boss. Yeah, I, I think that's that's some really good points, and and so we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how this Chelsea team evolves over time. So for our final match, Monday Night Football on NBC Sports never disappoints. Um, I'm I am gonna take one quick second here, a, a quick tangent, an aside, if you will, because um, we're just gonna address it now. Uh, Hugo Lloris was arrested over the weekend for uh drink driving as they call it in England. Um nobody was hurt, no 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 nothing happened. He was just stopped and he blew over the limit. Uh I don't think it ever mentioned what he actually blew, but it happened. Um he I prematurely blew himself as always. Um I was deeply disappointed in him. Uh I I thought he was smarter than that. I thought he was better than that. Uh and I was I was deeply disappointed in the news. Um, I I thought he should have been suspended for multiple games. I thought he should have been taking the captaincy away, give it to Kane or whoever, Dyer, doesn't matter. Um, and I, I was very disappointed in the club for not taking a stronger stance. I know they they want to wait, and I guess for the court date or whatever, and that okay. I I was disappointed that they didn't take this, in my view, more seriously. Um, I know a lot of people, when, when I saw on Reddit and on Facebook, when they, that kind of view was expressed, a lot of people went, well, Marco Alonso should, should be in jail then too because he, 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 and he shouldn't be playing because he, he had that accident eight years ago and killed that young girl. I'm like, yeah, he probably shouldn't. Marco Alonso probably shouldn't be playing football. He, he probably should have lost that right to do it when, when he killed that girl in the accident. Um, but we should strive to be better than that as a club. 
And so I was, I was disappointed, personally, me. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's, that's my aside. If you want to add anything, you can. And if not, we'll get back into actual football talk. No, I, I got nothing to really add. Uh, I don't know. Drunk driving is just one of those things. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it. Yes, it's, it is terrible. It is horribly irresponsible, and you're basically begging for something really bad to happen. That said, he he didn't. No one was hurting anything he did. Um, you know, he didn't go home and beat his wife, which I obviously have much bigger problems with. Sure, that's um, so. I can I can see the club kind of taking more of a wait and see attitude to it. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's just one of those things. You know, now if he had been in a wreck and someone was injured. Now we're really talking about something different, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I'm I'm not quite holding him to the same. I'm not quite holding his feet to the fire as much as you you mm-hmm. may. Okay, and um, just real quick, y- you're making like a bajillion dollars a week. It's not that fucking hard to yeah. call an Uber or a taxi. Like it's or, it's. Uh, Go ahead. Or I'm sure, like like most NFL teams. Which, you know, you know, we think about the NFL. But one thing NFL teams offer is a, basically their players at the beginning of a season are giving it, are given a card. Mm -hmm. And that card is a, hey, if you go out and have too much to drink and party too much, here is a car service that we're paying for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Call the car service and they'll come pick you up. Mm -hmm. I've almost got to think that. You know, professional football is, I would guess they're somewhat like that. Or mm-hmm. the fact that, once again, just get a car service. Yeah. It's, it's you not know, that I hard. mean, Roberto Firmino had the same thing happen to him last year or the year before. I can't remember. I mean, it's just, it, it shows it shows a complete lack of good judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Firmino and now, uh, you know, Larice both lucky not to have done something much worse sure put it that way all right Uh, but yeah just just like you said call a fucking uber hell you guys can afford the uber um, black yeah yeah uber black i mean jesus yeah so that's (sighs) we'll, we'll we'll move on from that and now we will get into the actual match which is much more enjoyable and pleasing to talk about especially for me being a tottenham fan and for wes being a united hater so this is great um sir i'm just a liverpool fan being hating you it rolls right into just being a liverpool oh well he 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 banished the demons last week by actually scoring in august and now harry kane has not only scored in august again but uh he has also now scored his first goal at old trafford with the uh, a great header in the 50th minute basically as close to a fadeaway shot as you're going to get in the in the Premier League on his being pushed back kind of by Phil Jones, great great center back he is, um, in the box. Uh, Kane uh, headed it from probably a good 12 yards out into De Gea's net, and uh, Tottenham was off to the races. 
Uh, Lucas Mora, hey, who needs new signings when you have Lucas Mora? Uh, picked up a goal just two minutes later on a great pass from Christian Eriksen. That effectively sealed the deal. But then uh, Lucas Mora not content with just one goal, but picked up a second uh, six minutes from time as he a great one-on-one effort where he beat Smalling after a good pass from Kane. And then he was one-on-one with De Gea and he coolly finished for Tottenham's third. A famous win. I believe their third in Premier League history for Tottenham Hotspur at Old Trafford. Um, and, and Wes, you know, the United had chances. Danny Rose, who's back in the fold, made a terrible back pass straight to Romelu Lukaku, who then rounded Hugo Lloris and then couldn't find the net. Um, so that was that was a big moment in the match. United had a couple more chances, took zero of them, and then so that, that was already strange enough. It was a weird match, but Tottenham definitely deserving of the 3-0 win and all three points. But then, Ed, the yes. real talking point is what happened after the match. You know, yes. if, if, you listen, if you listen to the media, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we forgot Tottenham played in the match, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't worry, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I remember I was watching at work, and it's like, okay, you know, because uh, it was almost 5 o'clock, which is when I, I, I finish up for the day. And I'm like, man, I kind of want to go ahead and get home. But, you know, we just wanted Old Trafford. I, I want to stay and watch because I want to I want to watch Potch give everybody a hug like he always does when we get big wins. Uh, and, and I just, I just want to see everybody be excited and, you know, big win at Old Trafford. And I'm watching. I'm watching. Then I see, you know, Pochettino make his way to the fans, give him a little clap head on. And I see Josie. He starts to walk to the fans. I'm like, United fans. And he starts Yeah. He starts clapping and clapping some more, just standing there clapping for a good 45 seconds, I'd say. And then, and then heads into the tunnel. I think even got a scarf from somebody um, and then head into the tunnel. And that was weird enough. And I was already thinking, oh man, he, he has the look of somebody who might be a dead man walking. Um, like he, and even that, that was the mozzarella sticks. I know. Three-course meal. It's, it's, it's the game was the moth sticks. That was the salad. And now comes the meat and potatoes, which was the press conference after, um, which then became 3-0. What was the score? 3-0. Okay, 3-0. I have three Premier League titles, more than anyone else in the league, which, by the way, as, as some, a couple of people pointed out on Twitter, you know he's been hanging on to that a lot because that only became true once Arsene Wenger left. Um, 3-0. Because, also because at this point, for your three Premier League titles, that and $5 is buying you a hat. It's true. Um, Congratulations. And, and then he pulled, God rest her soul, the Aretha Franklin, and asked for oh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T as he marched out of the press conference. A very testy spe- If he had spelled it out, I think I would have been every day. Oh, that, that would have been the ice cream sundae to end, to end it all. Oh, my. Um, so, so Wes, I, we're going to talk a lot about Josie, obviously, but as far as the match goes, um, what are you buying? What are you, what are you buying? What are you selling? Tottenham famous win at Old Trafford, three nil, nine points out of nine, one, uh, goal differential back of Liverpool in second place. Tottenham have taken another step forward in their march towards I want to say relevancy, but I mean it in a nicer way than that. Or yeah. 
Man, United. Whew. They're they're in a spot of bother now. Uh, I think I've said this already for another one. I, I'm kind of taking both here because for Tottenham, it was a great statement. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's, it was the coming out party for, you know, they, they famously did not buy anyone in the summer. Mm-hmm. But they kind of under the radar signed a really good player last winter who they were trying to acclimate into the team. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of the coming out party for Lucas Moore. Also, if I may interject just one thing real quick. Go right ahead. Absolutely um, go right Because I, uh, I, I was I, – I talked – not talked with – I mentioned this to Arlo White on Twitter when he was talking about, you know, the, the comparisons between Josie bitching about – how he wasn't really able to bring in anybody, which he did bring in Fred and I think one other player, uh, and compared it to Tottenham, who brought in literally nobody, and how that was seen as also kind of a panic, panicking situation when Tottenham brought in nobody, because no team doesn't just sign nobody during a transfer window. But I, I, and I mentioned this to him, and he agreed. One thing I think that was driving a lot of the panic was it became a sort of accepted truth that Tottenham was going to lose multiple, if not at least one, of Toby Alderweireld, Danny Rose, and Moussa Dembele during during the summer transfer window, and then none of them left. And I think that's that's the the thing that got lost is well, we're not buying anybody to replace the guys we know we're going to lose. But if you don't lose those guys, it, it's it's still weird, but it becomes more understandable. It's like we like to call it, it's a salty run back. Where no, our our team's great. Let's just let's just run it again. No, we we're, we'll be even better this year. Let's just run back the same guys with this Lucas Mora guy we brought last bought in last year. It's going to be great. So that's that's what I would interject. In addition to Lucas Mora coming in and already making a statement in the Premier League, keeping those guys. Alderweireld had a great game against United and looks to be rejuvenated at Spurs. And Danny Rose, besides that fuck up looked really good as well in his time. Um, my, the way I've kind of come around to see what Spurs did in the offseason, mm-hmm. we know that Daniel Levy go out and spend money for the sake of spending money guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spurs, you know, people want to sit there and say, well, what the hell did they do on and do shit? Spurs were obviously out in the market. They were looking... Mm-hmm. With the squad Spurs had, it was going to take near-world record money to really improve on any position. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Spurs felt they needed to improve on any position. Now, yes, when you get to depth, of course they would have liked to add some depth. But I think at the same time, Daniel Levy had to be looking at it like, you know, I, I'm I'm not – I don't have the first bank of Abu Dhabi here mm-hmm. to just fund whatever I want to do. Um, if I can find proper value for depth, I will go and get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they just never found proper value anywhere. You know, they were in on Jack Grealish. Oh, yeah. And Grealish would have been a nice player for him to bring in another attack and midfielder. But, I mean, you know, the price was so ridiculous for a guy who's never played a top-flight match. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. or, or maybe he did when he was, like, 17. But, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, and... It's it's tough now for English squads, especially the top English squads, to find that value mm-hmm. because everybody knows you have money. You know, a you got the TV money. B you've got some money because you know you're you're a team that traditionally has some money, 
and see you got that Champions League money. Mm-hmm. So no one's giving Tottenham a break. Like no one's giving Liverpool a break anymore. Obviously, no one's giving United a break <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> we and we hear about it every day. Um, but you know, for Tottenham and just to, just to get off my Tottenham soapbox real quick, uh, through three matches, I, I still I still feel it would have helped for him to bring somebody in. For Tottenham, it's going to be how do they respond if and when the injuries do come, mm-hmm. um, because. That's where that's where not doing any summer business could come back to haunt. It's not in match three when everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this isn't the time of year that depth is is doing anything to you. It's when you're playing ten matches in a month because you've got cup matches, plus Champions League, plus uh, Premier League. Mm-hmm. So that's when we're really going to see what the what the summer did or did not do for time. Uh, but right now, Tottenham have as good a starting eleven as anyone in this league. Tottenham, Liverpool, City, I think are head and shoulders above everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be your nailed on top three. Crazy shit can happen. Don't get me wrong, but just when you start, when you start looking, especially starting eleven, mm-hmm. and then the manager and the stability, obviously Tottenham are right there with Liverpool, City. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll see now with all three of those teams, uh, City can City can absorb the injuries the most. Mm-hmm. For Liverpool and sit and Tottenham, it's going to be can you keep your big guns healthy and firing all year? Mm-hmm. Because you know, what I mean, we've seen in the past Harry Kane usually has a good six week injury in him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's call it a four week injury. Yeah. Harry Kane usually <laughs> likes to miss a month and then a week or two here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, for Liverpool last year, they remained incredibly healthy the entire season. Um, you know, so for Tottenham, it's going to be health and just keeping those key players healthy. Uh, so Tottenham, I'm buying Tottenham. Great mm-hmm. win. Um, you know, it, it is one that can fire you forward, even if you're looking at United going, well, United are a fucking grease fire. <laughs> um, still, there is something to winning at Old Trafford and not only winning, but pretty much dominating mm-hmm. even though as Josie liked to point out though technically they were very good yeah. you know, they did everything they wanted to do tactically they just yeah which is more of that uh just you know delicious bait in Alaska at the post game show <laughs> um so now let's 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 get over to United let's talk sure. about United um the train keeps it rolling yeah and um I still don't think they found the trash yet. <laughs> this is, oh my God, this is a delicious disaster. And I sent you a text jokingly saying, will Mourinho see out August? Mm-hmm. I believe he will, don't get me wrong. Um, but as I've heard someone say, he may have one loss left. Yeah, yeah. And if it comes up this weekend, I mean, there, you know, th- this, of course, the weekend coming up, as I mentioned, uh, you play this weekend and then the international break. Mm-hmm. If United go and lose this week. At Burnley, by the way. At Burnley, who has not started the season off well at all. No. If you go and lose at Burnley, that's going to be three losses in four matches. You can only and and coming off this 
rant at his previous press conference, all the press that's been going on this season, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, a report's come out that Zidane is interested if yeah. the job comes open. But you know, it's kind of like someone said, you know, if you get Marie Mourinho, I mean, this is, this is Man United we're talking about. You know, this isn't, they're not in the, the Sam Allardyce market. Oh, yeah. God, I wish they were. You know, they're not in the David Moyes market. They're mm-hmm. not in one of these. They're not in the Alan Pardue, oh, just get someone to keep us up. They're not in that market. Mm-hmm. Man United shops at, you know, Man United doesn't shop at Dillard's. <laughs> you know, Man United shopping at uh, Harris. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... It's such a tricky circumstance because, you know, once again, you're, you can't go out and just hire Sam Allardyce at Man United. You've got to, before you fire Mourinho in mm-hmm. the middle of the season, you've got to have a damn good idea what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you fire him, let's just say they lose to Burnley and he gets fired in the international break, mm-hmm. you've still got 85% of the season ahead of you. Oh, yeah. You can't just bring in some guy off the street, you know, or United fans are going to lose their shit anyway. And then if they don't get, quote, the best big name on the market, where are you going to go? Uh, I mean, you know, a few years ago when Liverpool fired Brendan Rodgers, they didn't do it until they had Klopp on. Right. You know, you just, as a big club, you can't fire somebody early and not have a plan in place behind it. Mm Mm-hmm. That said, if anyone would do it, it would be Man United. <laughs> Good old Edwin. Because, unfortunately for Man United, they just, oh my God, they are so poorly run right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mourinho, and we give Mourinho as much shit as anyone on earth, deservedly. Oh, yeah. Man, when you look at what he's having to deal with, I mean, the guy who's basically running his football club is a banker. Yeah. I mean, Ed Woodward runs that club because he knows how to make commercial deals. He doesn't know football. He is a shit director or whatever they want to call you. In in the United States, we call him a general manager. Mm -hmm. He's shit at that. He's very bad. He's good. He is really good at making Man United. The the and best thing he ever did, depending on how, who you believe, the best thing he ever did was fucking up the De Gea deal so he didn't go to Real Madrid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so his greatest success was a mistake. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. So Mourinho, I, I think sometimes we look at United like, okay, blank checkbook. You should be able to do anything in the world you want. Mourinho does have his hands tied in places. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Mourinho could do what the hell he wanted, he'd have two new center defenders this yeah. year. Yeah, playing Andrew Herrera you know, a, at center back was a pretty I mean, big message. Have, if he could do what he wanted and had a blank checkbook, he'd have Rafael Varane and mm-hmm. Harry Maguire mm-hmm. as his center backs. Uh, or, or Toby Alderweireld. Right. Um, so... That that's where you've just then you've gotten to look into the damn mindset of Josie Mourinho. Mm-hmm. What what is his end game here? Because really, in all honesty, there's no need 
to bitch about the summer. It's over. You can't change it. You'll never get the summer of 2018 back. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Mourinho's trying to get fired. Or get Ed Woodward fired. Yeah, that that might be the biggest. Is he playing? Is he playing like the most high stakes game of chicken ever? Maybe. Now, then you turn around and you hear reports coming out that uh, United had offered Anthony Martial a contract extension. Mm-hmm. We know that Martial and Mourinho despise each other. Mourinho does not want Martial at the club. Mm-hmm. The club has now offered him an extension. Yeah. The question is, you know, is Marcial prepared to sit, sign this extension, and wait out Josie Mourinho? Mm-hmm. There are just so many wheels within wheels. I that you you like to use a lot wheels within wheels. Mm-hmm. There are so many things going on at United that Mourinho's latest rant is not the most bizarre thing to happen this week. It's true. That that is how big of a dumpster fire it is at United right now. Where Josie Mourinho can have like this epic meltdown, and it's just like, oh yeah, that's another thing to happen. <laughs> so United are once again, you can't win the Prem in August, but by God, you can take yourself out of title contention. Oh yeah, and I think United are away from being completely out of the title race, and I just, I can't, I can't see. Just can't see things getting that much better for him mm-hmm. as long as Mourinho's there because Mourinho ain't gonna shut up, he's not gonna change his ways. Yeah, he's gonna say what he wants, you know. And that I, I tell you, man, it, it's got to be tough to be a Manchester United fan. First of all, you've never been to Manchester, <laughs> and B, <laughs> and B, you know, you jumped on this sweet bandwagon, and now the wheels are. But you got that sweet, sweet pink kit they just released, Wes. I do. I do personally love a good pink kit. Uh, I, I like my pink kits on Palermo, though, mm-hmm. where they belong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hey, good job, Ed Wilbur. You're going to have a lot of money selling that kit. You've done good, son. You've done good. It is It is brutal. And, and I do think it's funny, you know, we, we've talked so much about you know, how bad United situations. We didn't even talk about how bad they were in the game itself and how they got... Well, no, they were technically fantastic. They were they were okay in the first half. And, and technically, if we, if we look at some of the stats here, um, you know, because stats tell the entire story, uh, if, you, if you look at it, United took 23 shots to Tottenham's nine. Now, as somebody said... Don't don't gloss over the fact that only five of those were actually on goal. The same amount Tottenham had on goal, um, but you know that that was the thing. Um, possession, I believe, at one point was sixty forty. It evened out a little bit to fifty six forty four in favor of United. Um, they had chances. We talked about Lukaku's chance when he rounded Lloris. Uh, Eric, uh, not Eric Bai. Um, someone had a chance like in the first twenty seconds of the match. To score and they couldn't they couldn't convert. Um, United had chance in the first half. I'm going to be completely honest. The way they're playing right now, though, when it was two nil, even though there was like 40 minutes left in the match, and even though yes, Tottenham so Spursy, blah blah blah, when it was two nil. I was like, oh, this match is done. 
this this match is actually over. United's not coming back from this. And I I think it's bizarre we're saying that about a Manchester United team that they can't get a point down to and again that's taking nothing away from how good Tottenham it is. But that they that at 2-0 down at home with 40 minutes to play with the specter of Fergie time in the air with the with the specter of lads it's Tottenham in the air that United can't go out and find two goals in 40 minutes at home. It's bonkers. Yep. All right. So um also um you, you mentioned about Martial I, we've talked about it a lot already too. But Paul Pogba has not been good since coming back from France. Um and and one of the biggest ways he has not been good is in the amount of times he's been dispossessed and the amount of loose passes he's had, he has been very poor on the ball so far. And and the question becomes, and he was good at the World Cup. I think he was only behind um, uh, Modric and one of the other Croatian midfielders in terms of how many passes they completed and, and how little they gave away the ball in possession. Um, that has not been the Pogba that's been a United. And now the question becomes... Was France and the World Cup, was that small sample size in action? Or is this actually, you know, this is who actually Pogba is under Mourinho, and that's the bigger issue at play? Pogba, I think, is bound and determined to get Mourinho out of you. Hmm. And if part of that is having to suck, I think Pogba is willing. I think Pogba's willing to take some heat in the short term for a long term payoff. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. But at I'm the gonna, same time, sorry, sorry. I was just gonna say. So we have a term in in when I play League of Legends, we have a term that's called. It's a word called inting, where you're intentionally feeding, where you're intentionally getting killed. To either end the game faster or just because you want to troll people. There's also a thing called soft inting where you're not really inting, but you're not really trying your hardest not to die either. So are, are if I may take this, because I don't want to put words in your mouth, are you saying that Pogba is kind of soft inting right now at United? I believe I believe so. Okay. I believe Pogba is more than happy that if he gets a chance to do a fancy flick or go score a goal or do something that's going to get him in the headlines, he has zero problem with that. But I think we've seen that Pogba is not committed to killing himself for Josie Murphy. Okay. I, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. I think Pogba at 85% is still better than most players in the world sure absolutely but i also think that pogba is capable of a lot more i think pogba realizes he's capable of a lot more but i think at this point he also realizes that you know if he takes that next step then then that's something that could keep Mourinho around mm-hmm. so i mean i don't think pogba's as you said inting or yeah you know, i don't think he's I don't think Pogba's like match fixing or anything. Right, don't get me right. wrong, but I don't think that Pogba is. 
I don't think Pop has given everything he had. Yeah, he's soft into. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you know, here's the thing: as a Liverpool fan, I'm caught in like this this massive catch twenty two, where, as someone who also can't stand Jose Mourinho, <laughs> it's like I I'm dying to see Mourinho get fired, mm-hmm. just for the comedy aspect of it. But at the same time, I'm terrified that if Mourinho goes, they can bring in someone who could really get, yeah. get United to play well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's kind of like the catch-22 that was the De Gea situation. Mm-hmm. You know, in the long run, yes, it would have been great to get De Gea the hell out of United. But then the fact that United fucked that up so bad was just hilarious. <laughs> it's so fun. So it comes down to, do I want to just mock United and Mourinho or do I want to continue this like horrible thing that's going on? It's almost like I need United to like rip off a couple of really unconvincing wins. <laughs> so like I said, I just, I just need a fifth place United this year. Perfect. You know, <clears throat> and let it come down to the last week of the season that they finished fifth. There you go. You know, so... Uh, it's like you want them to suck, but you don't want them to suck too bad because then they might change managers and get better. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe we're calling for a one 0 win at Turf Moor this weekend. Oh yeah, brutal one 0 like a Burnley own goal one 0 Oh yes, that's it. Or even a draw, even a one one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it's just it's one of those things, man. But. United, they you know we we've been talking about this for a few months. That the season was going to be full of juicy United news every day of every week, and I'll tell you that's the one place United have not. Yeah. Oh, they're they're the gift that keeps on giving. Um, well, we mentioned Burnley versus United. That is one of the matches this week, and here's the rest of your schedule. Uh, Seven thirty a.m. Saturday morning. Um, maybe Liverpool's toughest test so far. Uh, they go to the KP Stadium to take on Leicester City. Um, that again is 7:30 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, at 10 a.m. you have your choice of Chelsea, Bournemouth, Everton, Huddersfield, West Ham versus Wolves, Palace versus Southampton, and Brighton and Hove host Fulham. Then at 12:30, Man City takes on Newcastle United. On Sunday at 8:30, you get Cardiff versus Arsenal. And at 11 a.m., two matches, Watford versus Tottenham, a battle of undefeated teams, as well as uh, Burnley versus United. Uh, as we take a quick look at the table, uh, four teams is at nine points. That's Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Watford. Liverpool lead the way on goal differential. City and Bournemouth right behind with seven points. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Newcastle and Southampton currently sitting on one point just outside. Burnley and Huddersfield sitting on one point inside the zone. And then West Ham still looking for their first point of the season are in dead last. Um, Quick look at the League Cup. Um, The only teams to lose so far, the only Premier League teams to lose so far, um, were, as I take a quick perusal, uh, Huddersfield. Rough start to their season. They lost 2-0 at Stoke. Um, Brighton and Hove lost 1-0, but that was to Southampton, who was also a Premier League team. Uh, Cardiff loses 3-1 at home to championship side Norwich. And uh, Newcastle 
Uh, they lose 3-1 at Nottingham Forest. And Wes, uh, this is all I kind of want to talk about the League Cup is we'll have the, the third round draw where the uh, other seven Premier League teams will join will happen. Everton won. Yay, Everton. They beat Rotterdam. Um, real quick, though, the only thing I want to talk about the League Cup is Newcastle have been bad this year. And I mentioned last week, and, and, and you, you smartly talked me down from this, but that Rafa Benitez could be the answer at Manchester United. I'm not saying Benitez is going to go to Manchester United. But low-key, how long is Rafa going to last at Newcastle right now? Um, Rafa, as long as they don't go off the deep end, because, A, Rafa is, Rafa's right on that border of being an elite man. Mm-hmm. Um, and Newcastle, no, they can't find anyone better than That's true. I mean, that's the thing, you know, and, and Rafa's still showing up. It's just, God, they stink. Yeah. You know, but but that's it. You can't blame Rafa when he's like, I need players, I need players. And get him in. I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, so I, I think Rafa is just, Rafa's in a place where, A, the Newcastle fans absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as bad as the management is in that sport, mm-hmm. even they realize, shit, we, we're not doing this. <laughs> okay. But so I think Rafa's fine. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep track on his tenure at Newcastle as the season progresses. Um, again, Champions League draw is happening. I don't know in like six hours or something from when we're recording this podcast. Um, uh, Liverpool, I believe, is in pot three after Benfica won today. Um, so they will. That is how that will go. Um, Tottenham and uh, I think you. Are in pot two, and then uh, City is in pot one. Uh, the Europa League draw for Chelsea and Arsenal will be on Friday, um, and then because uh, Burnley, who is currently I believe three one down to Olympiacos, is in a lot of trouble and might be exiting the competition very soon. Uh, but so uh, yeah, just real quick, pot one. Uh, Real Madrid, Atletico, Bayern, Barcelona, Juventus, PSG, Man City, and Lokomotiv Moscow. Pot two is Dortmund, Porto, United, Shakhtar, Benfica, Napoli, Tottenham, and Roma. Uh, pot three is Liverpool, Schalke, Schalke Null Fear, as I, I, I would know they're now called. Uh, Lyon, Monaco, Ajax, CSK, Moscow, PSV Eindhoven, and Valencia. And then pot four. Victoria Pizan, Bruges, Galatasaray, the Young Boys, uh, Inter, Hoffenheim, Red Star Belgrade, and Athens. Um, so, Wes, it's a strong group this year, I feel. Very, very strong. I mean, always the Champions League is strong. But, um, and I, I know you mentioned this, but Liverpool do have the chance to be in a very tough draw because they're in pot three. But I know also they're not afraid of that, so... It is. It is a little of each side. Um, I think there are. I think there are more teams in pot two and pot one that are going to look and be like, "Oh shit, we got Liverpool." Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I think then you're going to be Liverpool at all, dude. But I can't believe. It. Um, 
I just, it really I mean, comes off the back of last year where, I mean, we've seen what Klopp can do in Europe, and now he's got a team better. Yeah. And, okay, well, we happen to be in pot three, but I just, I don't think Liverpool fear anyone. I mean, if you give them Real and Dortmund, I think they're going to sit there and be like, all right, cool. You mean we the Tottenham group from last year? Yeah, basically. I mean, they're going to look at Real and be like, all right, mother, get ready. We're coming at you. you I you, think Liverpool would. You low key, you low key want uh, Real Madrid in your group, don't you? I do low key want Real Madrid in my group. <laughs> I want those motherfuckers like it's going out of style. I want Lovren back for that match, and I want Lovren to break Sergio Ramos. <laughs> You know, you know what I want. Yes, I, low I do. Key, I do low-key. Oh, well. um, and I, like I said, I just, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be two teams ahead of Liverpool in their group that are going, oh, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than it's going to be Liverpool looking up going, damn it. <laughs> you know what I, what I think if I, if I had to pick a group and not, I'm not going to pick out of pot four because I mean, beyond like in terror, I don't really know that much about pot, the pot four teams. I would say I think an actually pretty fun group, maybe not from your point of view, but might be something like Juventus. Uh, no, can't be that. Uh, something like Barcelona, Napoli, Liverpool. Oh man, it'd be very fun. I think that I think that would be a fun and group. And personally, I'd feel fine with that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, you know right now Liverpool. We kind of have this word. I know you don't care for the word swagger. <laughs> swag. but, you know, Liverpool kind of have this Liverpool swag, and their swag, fans swag. They kinda, we kind of have this swagger about us right now where we're hey bring bring whoever you want you know we're we're not scared of you and, cool hey hey for Liverpool you know Liverpool fans are just looking for trips shit you know going to Naples that would be fucking awesome Barcelona <laughs> that'd be fucking awesome cool uh, hey, I mean Jesus last year we had to go to like Brahma's yeah, and and Russia, yeah. Who the fuck wants to go there? <laughs> oh, you know, hey, go to Naples, go to Barca, where it's pretty. Well, again, we will we will talk more about the draw next week uh, when we when we have it in our yeah, little hands. So uh, that's going to do it for our match talk. Uh, one piece in the news and notes to talk about. I mentioned it a little earlier in the pod, um, but it came out just a little bit ago. Clint Dempsey, Deuce, the original Deuce, um, the oh, USMNT legend, has announced his retirement from club and country at the age of 35. Um, he was currently playing with the Seattle Sounders in NMLS, but will be uh, will be heading to greener pastures back in Nagadoches, Texas. Um, of course, he also played for Fulham and Tottenham. In the Premier League, scored a great goal against Manchester United. Very appropriate then that we're talking about this now. Um, he tied Landon Donovan at the top of the men's uh, USMNT's all-time goal-scoring chart with 57 goals. Uh, also won three gold cups and uh, was part of the uh, the club or part of the team that finished second in the 2009 Confederations Cup in South Africa. Of course, had some other famous moments. Uh, scored, I believe, still the fastest goal in World Cup history when he scored in the first 30 seconds against Ghana 
2014. Um, just just an unbelievable presence for for uh, the USMNT and each club he played for. And Wes, you said this word a few minutes ago, swagger. Well, Clint Dempsey had that in spades. Absolutely, Clint Dempsey did. Um, <clears throat> Clint Dempsey, I think he'll be best remembered for his time at Fulham. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think more overall at Fulham, uh, you know, was was a solid player at Tottenham, had mm-hmm. some really nice moments. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever truly kicked on at Tottenham like sure. a lot of people hoped he would, especially American. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, still, I think had a, a good run at Tottenham. So, you know, nothing, absolutely nothing to take away from that time. Um, and then came back to Seattle and, you know, did really well in his run in MLS. I, I think he's mostly going to be most fondly remembered, though, as um, kind of the talisman of the USMNT. Sure, yeah. And and he was one of those guys who, when he pulled on the American shirt game, it was already a good player, but his game improved when uh when he pulled on that shirt and uh great great servant for the united states um, and will be very will be very fondly remembered by us yeah absolutely and will and will always be remembered by me the guy that uh, basically traded jordan <laughs> oh, oh that, boy that almost went down that almost went down. <laughs> Um, so that, yep. So happy trails, Clint Dempsey. Um, we like you a lot more than Landon Donovan. Um, so with that, uh, Wes, we are going to head to the watch for Wes. What are you watching in the week that was, or the week that will be? Um, dude, I'm just, I'm having terrible luck with like my favorite shows. Oh no. What else? Well, trial and error just ended on a fantastic two parter. I mean, it was so fun. It was such a good ending to it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting word that they're not going to redo Trial and Error. Oh, no. For a third season. And, I mean, that show's so funny, man. It's so witty. It's so smart. Um, they basically uh, parody the true crime stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's so... And a lot of it actually is... Um, a lot of their kind of gags they've gotten were based from the Scott Peterson case. <laughs> which you know has a nice little north carolina touch to it <laughs> so of course uh east peck is in the state of south carolina so. <laughs> uh, as is the other pets all around um just such a funny show um nbc i don't think well you know a lot of networks sometimes i don't think they really realize what they have but i mean you look at the show it's rotten tomatoes for like over 90 percent mm-hmm I mean, it's, you know, people who watch it love it. It's kind of like, you know, we've had other shows like this. People who watch it absolutely love it. It's just for some reason they put it on like a shit summer time slot and they can't figure out why they don't get big numbers on it. <laughs> so because you put it in the summer, you dipshits. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But um, I'm hoping that doesn't go the way of uh, Six. Yeah. Which was also horribly mismanaged by their network. <laughs> Um, and basically all my other shows that just are fantastic and get canceled. <laughs> oh, no. Um, on to some good news, folks. Next week is premiere weeks. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, Mayans and the purge. Mm. 
Uh, and then the week after that uh, will be um, the kickoff of Apocalypse from American Horror Story. So my DVR is about to start filling up. Well, um, I mine is, mine is the same way. I actually just, uh, me and one name producer Jackie, just finished, uh, actually over the last two days, uh, binge, re-binging season two of The Good Place uh, in preparation. Yes, another NBC show. Uh, in preparation yeah. for season three coming uh, later in September, uh, I'm so excited. I, and I've been listening. It's it's such a damn good show. Like whoever thought a show about moral philosophy would actually be <laughs> one of the best sitcoms on TV. And no, Chinowitz in that one, isn't she? No. Um, Was she season uh, one? I've totally or is forgot. It Kristen Bell. It's Kristen Bell. It's Kristen Bell. Thank you. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. I knew it was. I knew it was a blonde Kristen. Yes. Yes. Kristen Bell is in it, uh, as is Ted Danson, Love who her. is oh so wonderful. Ted right. Danson. Um, um. So and also good news. You talk about shows getting canceled. Hey, Big Bang Theory is done. We did it. It took 12 years, but it's finally done. <sighs> Yay. We kill, as, as as they said in the Cabin in the Woods movie, the evil has been defeated. Um, I know, but that said, I'm still gonna miss Sheldon and Penny. No one else. Ah, it's fine. They, they'll they'll live on. In Penny the, Penny for her fiction. magnificent magnificent bone structure, and Sheldon is just. I mean, Sheldon's lovable. Hmm. He's interesting. Um, on, on the other fronts though, uh, I will say this. I talked, I've been talking a little bit about games. Uh, I have, I have found a new game, um, for the Nintendo switch that thankfully was on sale this past weekend for the great price of nine ninety five. Let me tell you what this game hollow Knight. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is a fun game. This, this is a video. Sounds like my love life, man. Oh boy. Um, mm, not that kind of night. It's a Knigget as, as they would say in Monty Python. Um, uh, if this is this is this is Dark Souls, this is Metroid, this is Castlevania, this is old school two D platforming sword fighting against monsters, and it's fucking awesome. And it's about bugs. That's the weird part about it. That's and it's fine, but the main character is like super cool, and you do a bunch of cool sword shit, and you fight and kill a bunch of cool enemies. And it's super tight, and the level de- the level design is great. There's so much shortcut porn. I it just oh everywhere fluids everywhere from the shortcut porn in this game. Um, just, it's great level design. This is this is like Dark Souls Miyazaki levels of game design. It's fantastic, amazing level design. This game cannot get enough of it, um, and it controls well. There's cool characters. Uh, that you meet along your way, it's it, the the world feels very alive, even though it's very much dead, and it's it's just a really cool setting. I cannot praise Hollow Knight enough. I think I've already pumped in like twelve, ten to twelve hours of it since getting it on Sunday. It's fantastic, um, great game, great great game, and that is what I have been watching. Um, so that's that's gonna bring us to so Rob, but Wes, you've been running out of time, so you don't have anything for us this week and that's fine hey SummerSlam's done nothing's that, going on i hate to tell y'all this this week and next week is not going to be a song either um because there's no way i'm going to be able to touch those two shows yeah that's fine 
That's that's okay. We'll we'll have a. We'll... I do know the the one big thing that happened. I <clears throat> saw the small parts of it. Uh, Kevin Owens apparently got frustrated. Oh no! Now, take from that what you will. Mm. Um, it is fully believed to be storm. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. boy! So, somebody on a somebody on a, the Granville Vance County Yard prosthetic leg for twenty dollars. Hmm. That's interesting. Ah, well, that's that's our fun little so rough for the week, um, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode two two five. Once again, I'd like to thank NGSC Sports at ngscsports.com. We never stop. Uh, you can of course find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Uh, Wes, individually, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw twenty one. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, Facebook and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show. Um, you can also email us that address, allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Um, also, like to thank our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Although, yes, Google Play is kind of fucking up and not updating very well. So, nothing we can do about it. It's just Google Play is shitty. So, but hey, it's on there if you really want to use it that way. So, it's there. But it'll be just kind of slow updating. So, anyway, um, enough about Google Play Music, though. Uh, Before we finish up this week's pod, Wes, is there anything else you want to mention? Um, as the summer rapidly comes to three of high school football is already here. Holy Jesus. I mean, the non-conference is half over. <laughs> yeah. Golly, man. It is on, um, this week, uh, two more teams making their debut. The Knights of Northern Nash hosting the Tarboro Vikings, mm. which as you well know, has traditionally been a very good football game. Oh, it's probably the crucible. And, and this year, uh, Northern Nash 2-0 and on the season looked very impressive on the offensive side of the football. And Tarboro is Tarboro. Yeah. yeah. Take from that what you will. They're Tarboro. They, uh, don't think they've given up one touchdown in two games, and they're hanging half a hundred on everybody. <laughs> so definitely, definitely, I think both teams' biggest test of the season coming up. Um, I will be there now on Thursday night. It was supposed to be Friday night, but it got moved. And due to that, I will be able to make it and do the game myself. Yeah. Because on Friday, uh, Wes is going to the happiest place on earth. And no, I'm not talking about Capital Cabaret. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, mm. Taking, taking the old family down to uh, Disney World. Wally World. Yay. All those Clark Griswold fans. Uh, I have a six-year-old daughter who is about to be hog heaven and has four different princess dresses the oh, yes yeah it's gonna be magnificent for it's gonna be very hot for me but uh i'm looking forward to a nice little vacay here in- yay but folks i should be back uh for wednesday evening for so uh, you don't have to miss any west and i will give you guys an update on the uh hotness level of the princess Oh, fantastic. I'm waiting with bated breath already 
for that. But until that time next week when we come together, I am Edward Green from McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast this week. Until we talk again, stay safe and enjoy the football. But not you, Josie. And good night, English media. I know you guys are going to bed with smiles on your faces as the Manchester meltdown continues. Again, it's like we want we want Josie to stick around for moments like this, but they can't stick around. He can't stick around if they keep losing either. So it's like, ah, uh, what no, do you do? Total catch twenty two, man. I need Josie. We all need Josie. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop.